0: Knowing when you write Without a question, one of the people who had the most influence on me as I was learning and the yeshivas was Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz. was the Rosh Hashiva of Mir. He was the Rosh Hashiva of Mir already in Lithuania. And then he was the Rosh Hashiva in Shanghai when the when the yeshiva uh, was being saved and they were able to get to Shanghai here he ran the yeshiva there, and then he was a Rosh Yeshiva again in Eretz Israel. He was a Talmud of Reb Shimon we who's spoken about Reb Shimon, who was also the rabbi of Maharishi Shiva, so that influence was there. Reb Itzle Petterberger was his son deck at his bruce. Reb Itzla Petterberger was one of the great talmidim of Reb Salanta. Salante, so you see where the, the Musa influence comes through. He's also um, married the granddaughter of the Alta von Slabotka um, Reb Nossin Svi Finkel. So he has this merging of, of Musa and, and Lomdis, an unbelievable Lomden in the, in the method of Reb and Shkop. Uh, and also a wonderful bal Musa, bal Machshove, a, a thinker and a mashgiach, a, a person who just knew how to guide people in their development as human beings. And that combination was very, very uh, powerful uh, when I was in Yeshiva. And one of the things he was very insistent about, based on the Posek in Tehillim, Tov Hashem Alkein Yorech HaTaim badarech, which he translated, which he explained as being that Hashem is good and straight, and his goodness and straightness guides you on the way. That's your, that's your compass. If you need a compass in Torah, and we'll, ex- we'll see why it's so important to have a compass in Torah, Tov V'yoshua is the compass. Uh, and, and he says over and over again, you see that Ki Yesharim the ways of Hashem are straight. Hashem the, the halachas of Hashem are yisharim, they're straight. Asher ha- el- ha- Adam Yasharim, we see from this posuk in Kohelet, that there is an innate ability in the human being to recognize straightness. That was an important Kiddush, an element of the way he educated. You know what's straight. You can figure what's straight because Yashar. So we're told that the Torah is Yashar. And you know what Yashar is. So check and make sure. And you see from that already, the Torah is worried. The way Reb Chaim puts this, this psukim together, you see from here the Torah is concerned that you could be in Torah and be wrong. That you can be in Torah and it's not Yashar, it's not straight sometimes it's not straight because your thinking is, is not straight one of the things in, in yeshiva that, that, that we had to be that we had to learn I don't know if it's even to, to what degree it's really taught today is how to think straight that's when the logic is not straight uh, because you can do all sorts of all sorts of things if your logic is not straight and in, in Gomorrah it's harder not to be straight because if you're not straight in Gomorrah and you go all the way you'll eventually find out that you're wrong You'll go all the way and you'll find out there's a Rambam against you. There's a, there's a Shuchanorach against you. There's a Rosh against you. If you, if you're thinking in a crooked way, it will usually expose itself. The problem is if you're interpreting Medrash, or you, so you're giving a Vort, or you're into Hasidus, or you're into Kabbalah. How would you know? What's what is the, There isn't a method. It's got to be because you've been taught how to think straight in those areas. So thinking straight was an incredibly important part of yeshiva education, of the way that we, um, we, we were learned and, uh, and, and were educated. And that yashrut is part of the way that you can know that that's what Hashem wants. To actually know that it's, on Hashem, it's not, not enough to be able to look in the shukhanorach and say, you see, that's what the shukhanorach says. There's another test you've got to apply and that is Yashrut. And we see that in, in, in our Sugi so, on Dav Mudalef, where of Nachman, but again, we're talking about, remember the space of Machloket Beit Hilan Beit Shammai. So if a man dies and his wife is Asura to the Yabam as an Arayot, so let's say a man marries his niece and he dies without children. His niece is now a Yavama of his brother, that his brother is his wife's father. So that creates a problem. So therefore, <laughs> Yibum doesn't apply. That everybody knows. The question is, he has another wife. Can the can his first wife's father, who is his brother, do Yibum with his second wife, to whom he's not related at all? And Beis Hiddel says, no, they're treated as a team, and if one's in, in Yisra'ariot, they're all forbidden. So no no Yibum, no Khalid, so it doesn't apply in this case. Beis Shammai says, that he could, and therefore Chalitza does apply. If this tzara, if the second wife, who's not related to the, the brother of the, uh, of the deceased, um, she, she needs, if she's not going to do yibum with the brother, she needs Chalitza. And the Gemara talks here. Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel says, "Oh, well, how are we going to fix this? Because there's been a period of time already where Beit Hilal and Beit Shammai have had different views. And the Gemara wants to use this as proof that Beit Shammai used to actually act accordingly. And and the the and the situation is so there have been girls who could have been a tza'ra to an, one of the arayot. This just the case that I explained. And because we paskin like Beit Hilah, we said no need no need for chalitza. She goes and she marries." Some, somebody who's not related to the family at all, somebody else, now she's married. Rabbi Shammai comes along and says, oh my goodness, you're married, but you need chalitza. You need How can you be married to a stranger when you haven't been released from the brother? She says, because Baez Hillel says you don't need to. And they say, but, but we say you do so. In our community, you're, you're an Israel love. You're not allowed to be living with this man. You're Asura to, to a Kohen. Your children are Asura to, to a Kohen. This, this is very serious. What, what can we do to help her? What would we do with this tzara who was allowed by Beit what do we How do we help her in Beit Shammai's community? So let's just maybe say, so do a chalitza now. It's not ideal. She's already married to the stranger. But now she's moved into to a Beit Shammai territory and the community is, is looking at her rather rather badly. So let's get the, one, the brother back and let the brother of the deceased do chalitza now. Then at least it's done can't do that because then you make her, father, her husband feel repelled by it. All of a sudden, what you, you needed chalitza. That means all this time we've been living together, you've actually had been having a technical halachic relationship with another man. And now you need chalitza. It feels awful. It feels, it feels weird. Okay, so what? So the husband will be a bit uncomfortable, but at least we'll save the woman. You can't do something which is going to cause unpleasantness. That's not Torah. Says Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz, that's one of your tests of Yashrut. If if the, your halachic decision leads to unpleasantness, it's not Yashrut. And that doesn't mean, because uh, if we took this to the extreme, then we would, uh, there are lots of things we wouldn't do. You could say Yibam itself is maybe not pleasant to everybody. Uh, there are lots of things that may not be pleasant. So the the um the Ritvo explains, because the Ikra alochi is like Hillel. You don't use this to make halachic decisions just say so it but when there are alternatives, you don't do what isn't pleasant. You do the more pleasant one. If it's a khumra, my ikra idea it's okay, it's pleasant, and you want to be mahmir in a way which is not da we don't do that khumra. So as to, to be able to satisfy Beit Shammai, who that we who we don't Paskin like and do something which is going to make her husband feel disgusted, that you don't do. That's not Torah. So it's not, you, it's not that you don't do it because we don't want to offend the husband. You don't do it because that's not the Torah. That's not the din. That's not, that can't be the halakhah. That's what's important. It's not that we don't do it so as not to make it unpleasant for the husband. We don't worry about that. Sometimes things have to be unpleasant. It's okay. We're big people. We can manage unpleasantness. But if the decision, the halakhic decision, as an additional... Severity, because the Ikaradin is like Hillel. If that leads to something unpleasant, you know that's not the That That's what's important. Re, Re- Rebel Lopin used to be asked, you know, the, the Minag of, of some of the Hungarian Hasidim and others, it was that women not only covered their hair, but they shaved off their hair when they got married before they covered their head. They covered a bald head. And, and he was asked by his own daughters and others, isn't that, you know, that's even more of a khumra? Maybe that's the right thing to be doing. And he used this to say, there are other ways to cover your head. Don't do something that's ugly. It can't be the halacha. That, that certainly in, in his tradition, understand that the Hungarians saw it differently. But in his tradition, they, it can't be the halacha. That, that you want to be machmir in a way that makes you repulsive. Why would you do such a thing? The... Um, as the Mitzudas explains on the post, it's not going to come. The keeping the Torah is not going to come to something that is that is un, unpleasant. Now we use this in Halacha uh, several times. But we've had it already. We're going to have it again on on Daf Peizayim in a very similar context to what we have here, and we had it back in Sukkah on Daf Lamelbeis, where the Gemara is exploring what a Hadass is, where it, because in the Torah just says Anaf Eitz Avot which means that the leaves cover the the, the the branch, the wood. And the Gemara goes into various different plants whose leaves cover the wood. And the, one of the things the Gemara suggests is maybe it's Hirduf. I don't know exactly what Hirduf is, but it's a thorny plant. If you can be Mekayim the Mitzvah with a hadas. And you think maybe it's a hirdof, which is a thorny one. Why would, why would that be? Hashem is going to tell you to hold a thorny thing. Now, if that was the only thing, if we knew it was the hirdof, then we would hold the hirdof. We would wear gloves. We would do whatever we need to do. It's okay. We can Again, it's not to avoid discomfort. It's a method of understanding what the right halacha is. That's what the rachia da It's not that you must always be comfortable is It's a method of understanding what's right in, in Torah in, and in other And the um Chaim used to use that to explain the Gemara in, in Brachot. It's interesting, we get a chance to review all the Yomi that we've we've done over the last two years. On Daf Kafches, there's the Gemara in Brachos, where Rabbi Yochem and Zachai is dying, and these Talmidim come and they see him crying. And he says, why are you crying? You're such a great man. What are you crying for? And he says, I'm going to speak. Be judged by And there are two ways in front of me. One goes to Ganedin and one goes to Gehenim. There's nothing in between. You go one way or you go the other way. And I don't know which path they're going to take me down. Should I not cry? And Reb Chaim Shulevitz used to say, literally with tears in his eyes when he used to teach this. He doesn't know. What about the rest of us? Rabbi Yochanan bin Zakai doesn't know. What's he worried about? He did some Averus. Well, you're still alive. Do tshuva. You know, you're still alive. Explained Rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Shulevitz, he was afraid that his thinking was wrong. You can't do tshuva if your thinking was wrong. Because what are you going to do tshuva? If your thinking is in a certain way and you acted out of alignment with your thinking, you can do tshuva. Come back. But if your whole worldview is wrong, then you've been integrous in the way you've lived, but it's all wrong. How do you know Isn't there something to worry about? Don't you look around the world and see people who see things differently from you? And how how do you know? And that's what Chaim Shun was to say. That's the Yashrut. And part of Yashrut, it's it's not just Yoshar, it's also Tov Yasha. So that you have an innate ability to see what's straight. And you also have an innate ability to, to know what's good and then he, for that he brought the Gemara back. And Yumidav Pevov. all these Gemaras come back to us. in Yumid Pevav at the end of Yuma, how you m'kayim v'hafta Hashem? says it goes like the Brisa. mit You can't love God. God's not is too distant from you. Uh, you yes, we talk about Abbas Hashem and so on, but it's very difficult to be m'kayim, love of something that you can't com- comprehend. But what you can do is make Hashem beloved on others that's your that's the how you mikhayen ba hafter ashim la kecho so that ma bri asimrisol of a person is learning and is mishamish tamide chachomim ve hay masa o matano benachat imabriyot and he deals with people nicely in his business affairs, in his engagement with people. What do people say? Asher, Oviv, Shalom, the Torah. You so fortunate, this person who learned Torah, that's V'ahavtas Hashem kecha. And it's always, I don't remember hearing this from Reb Chaim, but I've always said, It's ma ha-briyot alav. It's not ma ha-yehudim omrim alav. Ma b'nei Yisrael omrim alav. Ma ha-rabotav omrim alav. It's briyot, the ordinary man in the street. The ordinary, in the, street. the ordinary man in the street says, Ah, what a mensch? You've scored. If the ordinary man in the street says, "Look at that disgusting behavior." You can't say, "But I like it's because I'm from. Mm. It's not because you're from. There's no. There's no reason. It's. It was so interesting to me yesterday with the re- reactions of people to the to the passing of of uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. How chilonim people who are completely secular, the uh, the president of the state of Israel, people whose worldview was so distant from Reb Chaim's, and yet. Everybody had something good to say about him. Everybody felt what a mensch, what a, what a beloved human being. that he was, he was able to project that even though his views were so different from, from the views of most people. There's no excuse to say, because I'm from or I'm extreme or I'm this. That's why people don't like me. If people don't like you, you're not likable. That's the honest thing you've got to be able to say to yourself. If people, I'm not talking about one person doesn't like you. If generally people are reacting badly, you're getting bad <laughs> feedback from the people around you, you're bad. Are you from? Says Abba Chaim You're not, because the way you know whether your worldview is right or not is what effect it's having on the people around you. Um, of course, the Pirkovasim ain't derecheretz, En Torah, and he uses that to explain that when Moshe Rabbeinu was told to count Bnei Yisroel in the beginning of Bamidbar, uh, and Rashi says he says to the Shmuel, I can't go into their tents and count them. It's not that's not for me to to wander into their private spaces. But Hashem told you to do it. So just do what Hashem told you. He knows it can't possibly be what Hashem told him to do. You've got to be able to understand and learn <coughs> shut in what Hashem told you to do. And so he, uh, he says, I, I can't go into this. And Hashem says, you're right. You go to the tent, stand outside. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. And then the posuk says, V'yifkod moshe Hashem ka Hashem said, go and count them. And he stood outside the tents, but that's called Kashed suvar. Reb Chaim explains. That's pshat in the tzivui. When Hashem says, go and avenge the the vengeance of Bnei Israel from the Midianites, and Moshe sends Pinchas. Hashem didn't say send Pinchas, Hashem told him to do it. Why did, he, why did he do it? Because you've got to learn pshat in the, in the halacha. If the halacha leads you to something which is, shows the ingratitude, he was saved by the Midianites, by Yitro, and now he's going to go and kill it, that can't be what Hashem means. It's so clear, you've got to use Deir and you've got to use Yashrut, and you've got to use Tov, and you've got to use HaKarata Tov. These are all Midot that you use to interpret Pshat in the Halafot, in the, in the in the Torah itself. It's not that there are two worlds, there's Musar and there's Halacha. This is such a beautiful example. I told you how Chaim is a, such a synthesis of uh of, of the Lomdis and the and the Musa, and all the great Bale Musa were that. They were all great Lamdonim. They were all great Rosh Hashivas. Uh, Reben Yolopion only became a Mashkiach in his, in his old age, in his 70s. Before that, he was a Rosh Hashiva. Um, and, and he used to teach Gomorrah. They were all big Talmudists. You can't be a, a Musa right without being a Talmudist. You can't be a Talmudist without being a Musarite as well. That's Imein Torah and Dechetz, and Torah. You need both of them, but that's, that's synthesis. And you see in this whole approach of Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz, based on this and other Gemaras, that you use principles of human decency to understand Pshat in, in the Torah, to understand what the Torah is, and to check your compass, that the way you're interpreting the Torah and the way you're living the Torah is in fact one which is tovi yasha not only is it right luckily but it's tovi yasha which tells you that you're on the right track